Three and tell, 104.5 The Zone. Brent Doherty, Don Davenport, and there he is, Ron Slay. I'm in the building. I'm in the building. Paused. I was a little, I was a little distracted from um, Ramon acting a nut in the chat. <laughs> that's, that's, Zone that's, TV, that's, follow us on Twitter. Uh, we I put the link out on Twitter, Facebook Live, YouTube. Subscribe there. And Twitch. Twitch, That's please. Me, That's me. That's me. All right. I was, just, I was just making sure, letting you know, man. Oh, there was a second pause. Wait, I got wait, wait. you. Somebody, Ramon got in your head? Yeah, he, he gave me a little rap. I told you. I told you. I, I'll, I, I just told you. I told you. I don't get the yips. I get the, the distracted yips. And I just lose focus sometimes. I know what to do, though. I know what to do. I get it back. Don't worry about it, coach. I'll get it back. No one's Bill. Uh, locked in a battle with Ohio. Uh, Ohio, it's nothing, nothing. I think in the eighth inning, right? Did the yes. kids get confused and play soccer? Is that where we are? Yes, they're 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 tied at nil apiece. Nil, nil. And eighth. Nolansville actually just made an amazing play on a bunt that was supposed to get the runner from second to third, but it was bunted badly, and he was able to keep him on second. But now the game-winning run is on third base. Yeah, first and third. Two outs, right? Yes. Yeah. No, one out. Oh, one out. One out. So winning run on third for Ohio. It's a double elimination deal. You don't want to lose the first one, though. Yeah, get your head up, Tanner. You all right, dog. That's your guy, Tanner. Yeah, you cool, dog. Drop his little sunglasses and everything. The reason why I didn't introduce Don Davenport is because she doesn't need an introduction. She is the poll winner, like, every time we do a poll. <laughs> you just ask poll questions that I'm the clear answer to. I, man, I really didn't think Maybe. so on this one. Which member of the three of 3HL would you choose to be your therapist? The final results are in. That's the one you did not think would be really me. Didn't. It's because the people want just flat out honesty. Hunk at four percent. God, I thought it was gonna come back. Well, I mean you doubled kind of where you were yesterday. <laughs> I doubled so. my totals. Dog, I thought I was gonna you come did. back. Mayor at thirteen percent. That's about where I was the whole time. Slay at forty percent. Ooh. I'm five over where I was supposed to be. You and thought. Babs forty three percent. Ooh. Right there. Hey. Babs, listen, I, I walk off that podium with my head held high, knowing that all I wanted to get was 35%. What? It's still an L. Come on. Well, hey, man, I felt like I won. It's an L. My book. At least you placed. I'm not even on the podium. You, you enjoy your little participation <laughs> trophy. No, right it's there. not a participation trophy. It's an award for it. No. At least get my money finish, back. Didn't win. finishing second? Participation At least get my trophy. money back for entering the contest. <laughs> if it was a 25 Dollar fee for my application. All right, one out. Nolansville now loads loads the bases to get the force. Um, so Ohio has the bases loaded. Nothing, nothing. Last. Bottom of the eighth inning. Winning run on third. One out. Infield in, and the sidearm pitcher gets a strike there. Zero and two count. We'll keep you updated. Here's the latest poll question, and it happened to come up because we were talking about ghosts for some reason anyway uh which 3hl member is most likely to come back as a ghost and haunt you or haunt somebody i'm worst on this one i'm in last five percent <laughs> and there's a base hit and ohio wins oh, oh so, come on. no one'sville uh gets down into the second bracket I, so now they'll have to win out you said see but guess what man this is okay so let's reel them back in Come on, fellas. What we're going to do is get our body language together. 
That's I don't care what the score is. Let's focus on the task at hand. Keep your body language positive because in sports, anything can happen. So I like when the when the opposing team looks at you and they see you kind of down or slumped shoulders or head down, chin in chest. That is confidence boosting for the other team. So I always remember that, people. I always remember that, kids. If you're watching, I know you're probably riding home with your parents from school or you're on the school bus, probably got your phone listening to the app. Hey, man, telling you right now, get your body language together. Stay positive. Anything can happen in sports. Anything. Anything is possible. No, body language is key. I tell yeah. that to my kids all the time. I'm glad you said it so maybe they can hear it from somebody else. Um, yeah, which 3HL member is most likely to come back as it goes? Brent, 5%. Hunk, 8%. Don, 40%. Mm. And Ron Slay at 47%. Oh, look at that. You can still vote on this one for like another 23 hours. Hey, man. I, all I'm saying is, hey, I'm over the, I'm over the, I'm over the hill again. So, I, in, in a sense, I've already won. But for the sake of the poll... I mean, we can see what happens. But as long as I stay over 35%, I feel like, you know, something great's happening. Um, with regard to uh, Sean Pendergast, who came on and was talking about the Texans and Deshaun Watson, and and he said, and this floored you guys, that uh, I would go over on the four and a half. Now, he said five or six wins. He's been at practice every day. But he told the story of how he, he became a sports talk radio host. He was in sales, and he would listen to Jim Rome, and he would do the smack off every year, and he won five years in a row. And so, Cuzzo Mike on YouTube says, I remember wanting to challenge that guy on Jim Rome. Crazy. Wow. <laughs> Everybody used to watch that, though. No question. Mm-hmm. So, a uh, lot going on uh, with regard to the Titans practice. Uh, the head coach was not pleased with how things went. Now, he was watching the offense yesterday, so watching the defense today. So, he had a great view of the fight. Antonio Brown and Chris Jackson going at it. And... um Antonio Brown felt like he was being held, so they start jawing, and uh, next thing you know, there are some swings, and and well, it was totally Antonio Brown's fault. So and Antonio Brown ripped off Jackson's helmet, Jackson's helmet, yeah. and then started swinging on him. And there is George Walker, who does a great job at as one of the photographers for the Tennessean, but mm-hmm. uh, got a great picture. And it's, I mean, it is Antonio Brown's fist, like on. Chris Jackson's cheek. That guy. Like that guy. Yeah. There's always something going on with Antonio him. Brown still had his helmet on, by the way. I think he's pissed off that he had a bad day yesterday. He yeah. dropped and balls he was yesterday. Probably pissed off that Chris Jackson, you know, owning him. And Man, people are like, who the heck is Chris Jackson mm-hmm. is is owning A B. Yeah. We'll talk with Greg Cosell about Chris Jackson and Elijah Molden in that slot battle. We'll also get into the two quarterbacks tonight. Patriots at Eagles, Mac Jones and Jalen Hurts. Um, hopefully we'll get some uh, some run tonight. Greg Cosell from NFL Films coming up real quick on Twitter. You can get us there at 3HL1045. Our friend Danny says, can Slay come talk to my high school volleyball team? They definitely need that body language message right now. I'll bring Slay. Babs with me. I'm about to say right. Slay, go talk to the volleyball team. I'm bringing Babs with me. <laughs> body language I play volleyball. Key, Beach volleyball? As a practice player in college. Did you? You know, my training in high school, I used to have Michael Patrick. He played basketball at University of Georgia. He would come and just hit on a girl's neck because obviously mm-hmm. he had crazy up. So 
I would, he would just come and hit balls at me so I could practice my defense. Just saying, man. You, you big basketball players. Man, so, other people, man. JB on Twitter. Here we go with the AB hate. I don't hate the guy. I'm just saying there's a lot of stuff that <laughs> swirls around him all well, the time. I'll, I'll go with the AB hate. Why are you ripping off Chris Jackson's helmet, hey, punching him in the face? Word. Yeah, that's not a good move today. Clown. <laughs> we'll be right back. Greg Gozell next. 3HL, 104.5 The Zone. The boys in the hood are always hard. Come talking that. We'll pull your card. Well, nothing in life but to be legit. Don't quote me, boy, because I ain't I said. said <laughs> I know. Greg Cosell. It's clearly in his uh, musical wheelhouse. Greg, what's up? How are you? How's uh, everybody doing today? Doing hey, we're great? good, man. Just rolling through the preseason. Here's the good thing about the preseason. Once we get through this weekend, we only have one more week of it. And then and then, <laughs> it's, and then it's on to the regular season, which I know you prefer. Yes. Uh, last year, there was no preseason. <laughs> yeah. oh, that is true. But, hey, there's only three preseason games a team this year, Cosell. So it's, it's moving in the right direction for you. I'm just excited we have – Football, period. And then we also have, you know, snapshots at some of these younger guys for the Titans where we can actually see them in action. So I'll take it. Donna, you, when's your first college game? Uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to to say yet, actually. But, uh, I, didn't, I but, didn't mean to ask a tough question. No, it's, it's, like, a, you know, it's do okay. I, do I have to... Do I have to call the CIA or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it'll be uh, it'll be the twenty eighth. So okay, let's go. Only one more week without football. I love it. <laughs> you know, one thing about the preseason I think is interesting, Greg, and, and I want to get your take on this. Um, I, I talked to a front front office uh, member of an NFL team that said before the preseason started, it's going to be interesting to see how these franchises handle the preseason in terms oh, of. Yeah playing the ones, how much do they play, when do we play? Because Aaron Rodgers notoriously doesn't play, but I anticipated a, a preseason, this preseason, where more and more starters don't play at all. Do, do you think that it'll go down down that path? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Because last year there was no preseason, and we started week one, and you know what, guys played, and we had a normal season. So I think teams are well aware that as much as coaches like to see reps, uh, this year, if I'm not mistaken, there's more and more head-to-head practices than ever before yeah. with uh, teams. And I think that that probably gives coaches and evaluators a better look. And I think they'd be really nervous in the, to play guys in the preseason because, you know, look, you saw what happened today. The Jets signed Carl Lawson and, and, and the injury, unfortunately, is fluky. But uh, when all said and done, he's going to miss the season. He tore his Achilles, and he's their pass rusher. They don't really have another pass rusher, and that's fluky. But still, the more reps you give a guy when it's not the regular season, the more you just sit there and go, oh, my God, I hope he doesn't get hurt. Hey, so, real quick, yeah, go ahead. just with the Carl Lawson news, because <laughs> I, said, I said, poor Jets, you know, that was like their oh, yeah. biggest free agent signing. What do they lose without? And I know because he's he's an Auburn guy, you know, I know that he has injury history um, and, and has torn both ACLs. And, and that was kind of talk of him coming out. But what do they lose without him? Yeah, it's a shame, Don, because I like Carl Lawson a lot. I think he's uh, sort of an overlooked, not by people in the league, but overlooked by by many others. As a good edge pass rusher, he's country strong, he's physical, he's competitive. Um, I was really, I thought it was a really good signing, kind of an under-the-radar signing by the Jets. 
And now, if you just look at who they have, they do not really have an edge pass rusher. And it's just a shame for him because, as you said, Don, he's he's suffered a number of injuries in his career, and you just wonder if this is the last straw. I certainly hope not, but this is a bad one. Greg Cosell with us from NFL Films. Uh, Greg, we were talking earlier about Des Fitzpatrick, who on Sunday dropped three consecutive passes on the same route. And it led us down a path to talk about the yips, you know, where a second baseman can't yep. throw to first suddenly. Oh, yeah. H- have you have you seen this from time to time, and, and how do people get out of it? I, I don't know how you get out of it, but he did not have that problem in college. Uh, and unfortunately, he's a rookie fourth-round pick, and I yeah. thought his tape was really good. He was a player I really liked coming out of Louisville. Both I watched his 2020 and 2019 tape. And I thought he had a real chance. I thought he showed a lot in college. He's big. He's athletic. He's physical. He's not purely explosive, but he has enough speed where he had some vertical ability. Um, and then you get a guy in camp, and for whatever reason, it doesn't happen. And because he's a fourth-round pick and not a first-round a first pick, you start to think, okay, is he even going to make the team now? And, I, I mean, I can't speak to that. Uh, you're down there. You guys probably have more information than I do, but – uh, it's a shame because you, you only get so many opportunities. And if, if you're going to drop the ball, which normally for a receiver, I'm told that catching the ball is a pretty good thing. Um, if you're going to drop the ball, that that's a problem. Greg, Greg I was uh, talking about that during the break with him being a guy like in college. You saw him make a lot of catches in traffic and things like that oh, with yeah. his hands and not oh, just yeah. with the body and being able to be a physical presence out there. Anybody else on that on, on that roster, on the Titans roster, that you would say could fill that void and you would take a chance on? Well, there's a couple of guys. Outside again, of the obvious of A.J. And yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, Marcus Johnson is a guy that I've always been intrigued by because of his size and his speed. Um, you know, he's never been a volume target in the NFL, mm-hmm. but he's he's wherever he goes, it seems as if he makes four or five big plays every year. I don't know how he would perform if all of a sudden he was getting 30 or 35 snaps a game. I can't answer that. Um, Chester Rogers has been a guy that's played in the slot at times throughout his career mm-hmm. and, and has had some success in the league. Probably a guy you can count on. You're not going to count on him for 65 for 900, but you could probably put him out there and feel pretty comfortable and that he knows how to work out of the slot. Um, I'm, I'm, Again, I don't know how any of these guys are doing in camp, but we talked about him last week, but you have Racy McMath, who's mm-hmm. just a physical specimen. I mean, the guy's freakish in terms of his size and pure straight line speed. Uh, I don't know how they see him in the context of their offense. Um, you know, the assumption, of course, being that A.J. Brown and Julio Jones will be the outside receivers, although certainly both can move around the formation. Um, they, they don't have to be solely outside receivers. Uh, and then you have, you know, I didn't want to speak to the obvious, but you have Josh Reynolds, who I understand also has not necessarily had a great training camp, do much to injury. Yeah, it's it's tough because, uh, you know, if they if they keep six or seven, uh, obviously that's a big difference to, to one guy. But uh, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, Josh Reynolds, you would think would be three of them. And then Marcus Johnson's had a great camp. Chester Rogers, as you mentioned. Racy McMath, uh, I think they like in terms of special teams, too. Um, because uh, he put that on tape at LSU. You've got Mason yeah. Kinsey. You've got Nick Westbrook-Akina, who was on the roster last year. Cam Batson, who was on the roster last year. I think that makes a fourth-round pick that's struggling expendable, as you said. Yeah, and, and and then you get just production. I mean, 
look, they probably know what Batson is. It's not as if he's all of a sudden going to go, oh, my God, we don't know what this guy is. But then you see him on the field and he catches a touchdown. I mean, when guys get opportunities and you don't get a ton of them, if you perform, that obviously means a lot. I love it. Uh, game coming up tonight um, with the Patriots and Eagles, and and I don't know. You, you just don't know the way that teams are handling these uh, preseason games, but I would love to see Mac Jones and Jalen Hurts. What what do you think about those two players? Well, Hurts will get, I would think, I, again, I don't know. Um, you know, Hurts played, I think, two series last week. I think with a new coaching staff, they'd probably like to see him get a, some series tonight mm-hmm. uh, just because they want to continue to see him play. But the other factor is, is the Eagles and Patriots had two really good practices on Monday and Tuesday against each other. So they may feel that they learned everything they need to learn. Um, I would expect Mac Jones to play for sure. He played in the first preseason game, uh, got meaningful snaps. Uh, they didn't give him that much to do. Um, I thought in that preseason game that he was he was fine. He can execute within the, the structure of the offense. He needs to be quicker with what he sees. He needs to play a little faster mentally. But see, all these things are are part of the process. And and when I look at a guy now, I don't make a judgment as to what he'll be in the NFL. I mean, I saw after this weekend that so many people who we probably all respect were talking about, oh, these five first-round quarterbacks, they're all going to be stars. You know, let's leave that alone for a moment. All you can do right now is talk about the plays that they played. Um, and obviously, some played better than others in terms of evaluating their performance, but it's very difficult to make a, a definitive judgment about what they're going to be based on what they did this past weekend. How many times, Greg, before we jump into to Titans and, and what you studied with them, but uh, how many times have you been asked to break down the Tim Tebow film? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was asked about that I was asked about that when he signed, and I, I met Tim Tebow. I interviewed him for a film I did here at NFL Films, and he's a super nice guy. But, you know, I've talked to some guys I know who are former players, okay? So this is not me talking. These are former players talking. And their response to that is that's kind of an insult to players. So The guy hasn't played in, since 2015. He's not a tight end. Why is he there? This is players talking, not me. So – you know, I think we all knew this would be the result. I don't think this was a surprise. Well, I mean, he looked like he hadn't played in 2015 <laughs> trying to lay blocks out there. Well, plus he's not a tight end. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, I mean he's you're, not a tight end. You're right inside Ron Slay's brain. Yeah, agree. <laughs> oh, boy. But, well, Ron, you agree, right? Oh, cold-heartedly, hold-heartedly, hold-heartedly's. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean. For guys who play, you know, uh, you know, I look, I didn't play professionally. I played, you know, ball through college. But, you know, it's it, again, just what I was told, even when he was playing and he had that good stretch that one year with Denver and people would speak about him as if he's the only guy in the league who wants to win. <laughs> you know, that's an insult to players. Mm-hmm. So if if. You, I, I'm not sure if you saw his film, if you saw some of the clips floating around, but if it was not Tim Tebow, how would you analyze uh, that performance? I didn't watch any of Tim Tebow, Don. Oh, come on, Greg. I mean, there were two <laughs> blocks that, or lack the, thereof yeah, that went They went viral. viral. I thought yeah. maybe you saw them. I mean, I think I saw one block on, on, <laughs> on Twitter, but I didn't watch 
Tim Tebow on tape. Well, what I watched was Trevor Lawrence, obviously, but I did not watch Tim Tebow. He did get to the second level on one play. The problem was the guy he was blocking on the first level decapitated the running back. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's exactly. You don't really need to talk about Tim Tebow anymore. No. Well, now you're done. Now you never have to again, Greg. Aren't you um, happy? <laughs> we've talked with you about Radens uh, a lot. Dylan Radens, yeah. the second round pick for the Titans. Um, and, and you mentioned when he got drafted that, that, you know, he had some inside skill to him, maybe even at center. Um, and you reiterated that last week. What did you see from him as he did play inside Atlanta throwing blitzes out out at the Titans, even though they weren't really scheming that? What, what did you see from him? Yeah, well, he played the first two series at right guard. And I thought he did well. I mean, you know, one thing, when you look at a player – an offensive lineman for the for the Titans, you have to look at a couple of things. Number one, they're a predominant zone running team. Predominant. That doesn't mean 100%, but predominant. So what you need to see is, particularly when he's on the backside of a run, you need to see an offensive lineman get up to the second level with balance, with mobility, the ability to strike. Uh, and, and I thought Braden showed the natural athleticism to be effective in his own run game when he was at guard. Now, he did that at tackle as well. Um, the other thing you look for if he's going to play guard is he's going to, uh, and I don't think he will because my guess is Davis and Saffold are the starting guards, so I don't think he's going to start at guard. But the, but the point I'm trying to make is what you're then looking for is there are combo blocks. In other words, where you double team at the first level, so you're double teaming a defensive tackle, and then when do you come off that double team to get to the linebacker? Very often the linebacker will dictate that by his reaction. If the linebacker just sits there in his stack position, then you can come off at, with your own sense of timing. But sometimes the linebacker will step up into the gap and you've got to come off that double team block and get that linebacker. And he did that very uh, efficiently. He was also used as a puller when they did run a gap scheme run. And I thought he showed good balance and body control to strike on the move. So when he played inside, I thought he, he showed himself well. Greg Cosell with us on 3HL. Um, so uh, after that preseason game, a lot of talk about Rashad Weaver, a lot of, of yep. people kind of pointing him out. Did he stand out in the film? He did. And the thing that stood out to me was he looked like he did in college. See, I know they played him as, as a quote-unquote linebacker, but he was essentially playing on the ball. Mm -hmm. He just had his – he was just in a, in a two-point stance because he played in their base front. He played – People call it a 3-4. It's essentially a 5-2. There's five defenders on the first level, and there's two stack backers. In that front, Dawn, he always played to the boundary side of the of the field. So when you play to the boundary side of the field as an on-the-ball defender, you're the edge setter in the run game because the corner can't be, because the corner has to run with the wide receiver if the wide receiver runs vertically because that's the boundary side. There's no one else there. So he was given primary run support responsibility as an edge setter in the run game. And I thought he did it well. Uh, we saw him line up. I don't know the number of snaps, but he also lined up inside when they went to their sub nickel fronts and they wanted to see him work. I'm sure as a pass rusher against offensive guards, I think if he makes the team and they feel good about his training camp, you could see him do that. Um, but I thought when he lined up outside as a pass rusher, he looked like what he did in college, strong, heavy hands, 
natural power. He's not a true bender. He's not truly flexible, but I think he has strong hands and he's got power. And I thought he showed that. You know what, Greg, um, Brent said you're in my head and you are, cause I was going to ask you that. Was this a mirror? Is this production that we got to see in this preseason game? Was this a mirror of him? Like with the scheme that he had with, um, in Pittsburgh, was this the same, you know, production that he had in college as he had in the pros? with weavers but you answered that you answered so i ain't even got to ask well you look you know it's funny you asked me that because one of the things you look for is if a guy looks relatively the same in terms of execution Mm -hmm. of his skill set and his traits if he can look the same that's a very good sign ron you know you know how it is you play ball Mm -hmm. if all of a sudden a guy you know comes in and he has certain traits but for whatever reason, those traits don't show up because maybe the speed's too much or maybe the, the level of competition has increased to the point where he can't quite do what he did. Then you go, oh, well, you know, this could be a little difficult. But he looked essentially like he did in college. Now, you know, I know people say, well, he wasn't playing against the first team. He was playing against second and third team tackles, which he was. Right. But coaches look more for execution of traits. That's because they know he's not playing against the first. You know, people say this like it's a surprise. A big, you know, they know that. That's what he's playing. Mm-hmm. So, but you saw his traits uh, come out the same that they did in college. He looked very similar. Greg, what did you see from Monty Rice on tape? Uh, I would say my, that Rice was another guy that looked kind of similar um i thought he did a good job playing in the box um he's a run defender i think that's what he is right now uh to start off his nfl career i know he got hurt the other day but he was back so i was very happy to see that um i think he has a good feel for navigating through traffic i think he has a good feel for seeing the blocks and and then avoiding blocks without necessarily stepping outside of his gap responsibility to me that's the strength of his game right now now they used him they played a lot of cover two and he was the middle hole defender so they used him to run the the seam in cover two um you know again i don't think he's going to be a starter so we'll see how it plays out but you never know if guys get injured maybe he's out there always appreciate our visits with greg cosell senior producer nfl films executive producer and analyst nfl matchup and uh, you can also catch the podcast with uh, Greg Cosell and Buck Rising. The install, love, love, love that project. Yeah, we've been having a good time with it. It's, uh, I can't wait till we get to the real games. I think we'll really have some fun. No yeah. question. Hey, Greg, thank you very much for the time. We appreciate, appreciate you. It, Greg. All right, guys, appreciate it. Thanks. All right, Thanks Greg Cosell. Help. Every Thursday at four twenty, must listen to radio. There. When we come back, Austin Huff has a rant about sports or history. I don't know. Ish. That's next on 104.5 The Zone. <laughs> Current 3HL poll question. Which 3HL member is most likely to come back as a ghost? I'm in last, 5%. Hunk at 9%. Slay at 42%. Dawn has edged in front as well she should in this question, I think, at 44%. Yeah. Right, though. I would love to mess with people. I'm going to be hooping, probably. Austin Huff joins us now. Is completely shocked that Don just said she would love to mess with people, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I Can I can I submit my vote? Yes. So, yeah, without question, it's Don. Because it's like ghosts are, what are ghosts? Like they're, they're, they have unfinished business left on earth. They're deceased souls that have unfinished business left on earth. That, that's 
like Don will be the one that's like, oh, yeah, I need to go back and take care of a few things <laughs> like that witch from the coffee shop line that cut me off. <laughs> Got to go take care of her. Yeah, you better watch out. You better watch out, coffee shop lady. Don's going to haunt you. I thought you were going to say like the Bell Witch. No, you went to this Starbucks girl. Yeah. yeah. This is what her list will consist of. <laughs> There's a lot of them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So oh, uh, huh. fight out at Titans practice today. Uh, Antonio Brown uh, thought he was being held. He dropped a bunch of balls yesterday, so I think he was kind of pissed anyway. Yeah, Now he goes sure. at Chris Jackson at practice. I mean, if I was Antonio Brown, I would, I would be... I would be annoyed with where where I'm at in just in life right now. Uh, but uh, guys, it's it, it's so cliche to use the phrase death and taxes for something that happens a bunch. You know, there's death, taxes and someone making a lame death and taxes joke. It's like, can you not think <laughs> of anything more creative to say? You, you can't take the two seconds to come up with a better analogy. But with that said, there's death, there's taxes <laughs> And there's Antonio Brown making himself look like a damn doofus. All right. <laughs> My man's fighting at the Titan, the fighting the Titans at a joint practice today. Uh, of course he was. All right. Apparently. Uh, so uh, I'm sure you guys already hit on it. He got in a scuffle with cornerback Chris Jackson, which I will admit that's the most action a Titans cornerback named Jackson has seen in two years. Uh, but then later in practice, he starts jawing with Christian Fulton and then threw a punch. Throwing a punch at a Christian, uh, that's a hate crime, Tony, right? <laughs> Bruce Arians was asked about it after the practice, and he said he didn't see any punches thrown. He said Antonio Brown was just swatting flies. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe, but that would be the first time in history a gnat has ever swatted at a fly. Uh, but guys, this shouldn't be a surprise, all right? It's Antonio Brown. Like, people like to call him a punk. No, no, no. Punks should be called Antonio Browns. <laughs> Remember last year, literally around this same time, almost a year ago to the day, I came on this very radio program and I shared my take about how Antonio Brown to me is a real housewife. <laughs> this is a guy whose off the field rap sheet is longer than anything he's accomplished on it. Here's the Cliff Notes version, okay? Facebook Live in the Steelers locker room. He fought Ben Roethlisberger, his quarterback, during practice. He appeared on The Masked Singer, which in and of itself is questionable judgment. He he tied his mustache. He dyed his mustache blonde. He asked people on Instagram to start referring to him as Mr. Big Chest. He got into a Twitter feud with the Steelers replacement Juju Smith-Schuster, recorded his convo with John Gruden after being signed by the Raiders, showed up to camp in a hot air balloon, showed up to camp with frostbite on his feet, showed up to camp with a league uh, without a league approved helmet. And then he threatened retirement because he wasn't allowed to wear his leather helmet from the 30s and then got into a heated exchange with his GM, Mike Mayock, and threatened to punch him in the face or excuse me, swat his the flies around his face. And then and then he actually retired. And I said at the time, like, I'll believe it when I see it, because to me, he's the Conor McGregor of pro football. Like if just nothing's going on, he just announces his retirement. And sure enough, he was back. Just like Connor, only I kind of wish his fights would end the same way as Connor's. <laughs> I just love to see Joe Rogan sit on the floor for a one on one interview with this dodo bird. Uh, so naturally, he was retired for like <laughs> two weeks. And then Tom Brady invited him over for a slumber party. And then like a week after that, guys, I'm not joking when I say this. This is an actual headline from Sports Illustrated. You ready for this report? Antonio Brown 
allegedly destroys surveillance camera, comma, through bicycle before signing with Bucks. <laughs> my, man, my man threw a bicycle at his security guard. He's out here chucking treks and swinging schwins. <laughs> Let me say it again. He threw a bicycle, a tour de force mixed with the tour de France. But look, I kind of get it. All right. My man's probably going through an identity crisis. Okay. He used to be the best wideout in the sport. And now in a joint practice with the Titans and Bucks, he's like, what? Like the fifth or sixth best wideout at best. So like, he has to make noise somehow by acting a fool. Looking like an idiot is this dude's entire business. And once again, business is booming. All right. Tim Tebow getting cut from NFL rosters and Antonio Brown looking like a doofus. Those are the new death and taxes. Love it. Awesome. Uh, come court- up with something better than death and taxes. Corkbats.com. <laughs> no, nobody can. At Corkbats with a K. Uh, I mean, that's soft. Ha- have you gained your freedom, Corkbats, on Instagram? No, at no. Corkbats is currently disabled, but... We are launching at Corkbats 2 on Instagram. Oh, yeah. coming people big. Say, no people good. say the sequel is never as good as the original. <laughs> well, they might be right in this case, <laughs> but but give uh, at Corkbats 2 on Instagram a follow. There we go. Austin. Don't call it a comeback. He's don't call it. Hey, don't don't say years. it, Don. Don't say it. Don't call it a comeback now. Hey, uh, real quick, uh, we had Sean Pendergast on earlier from uh, Sports Radio 610 in Houston, and uh, he told his story about how he got into sports radio in his late 30s after basically being dominant in the uh, – you used to work for Jim Rome in the, I, uh, in the Rome smack-offs. Yeah, Sean the Cablin Asian uh, is what he's That's referred what to as, as in the jungle. Five-time smack-off winner, and he was the, the, the GOAT. He was the Tom Brady of smack-offs until uh, just like a year ago when um, uh, 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 Brad and Corona just dethroned him as the smack-off. I think he just won six his th- sixth all time. But yeah, Sean, the Kaplan Asian is a legend in the jungle, all time, great caller. And yeah, he turned that into a sports talk radio career. Isn't that amazing? Austin Just insane. Huff. And and he's not the only one. JT, the brick is the same right. thing. He, he won the first smack off. So it's Dang. sports talk radio is like littered with like former smack off winners. And well. like former Rome producer, Austin Huff. Now too, who's country. like <laughs> shy town and country radio, country radio, morning drive in Chicago. <laughs> I think I might be the only person that left the jungle for country music radio. <laughs> See you, Austin. Good stuff, man. See you guys. All right, Uh-oh. Austin Huff at Austin Huff, courtbats.com with a K. When we come back, we'll get you set up with some headlines. That's next, 3HL 104.5 The Zone.